there's a point where the company will release images that they want out there, and that's when you share them. And I hate these stupid nerdies with their stupid X eyes. It's not, it's, you've done nothing. You've done nothing. Yeah. Like your whole career has gotten you to the point where you now do nothing. Okay, here we go. Hey, toy family. Welcome to the Marsham Toy Hour, where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Ham. I'm Teresa Hawkins. I'm George Gaspar. Guys, you know what time it is? It's Minnesota time. That's right. This is the episode where we try to talk on a bunch of different topics in a very short period of time. We're going to try to abide by the buzzer at three minutes per topic. But, of course, we also want to try to keep things more organic and actually discuss things as to you know the best of our ability. So if you need more time, we can certainly extend it. But it's just more fun to actually buzz each of you at the end of three minutes and just realize how long we've actually been talking. So, But otherwise, let's get going. Sounds good. All right, first up, Halloween. Halloween is just around the corner, and what that means for the past month, we've been seeing lots of different Halloween releases and cutaways and additions, people doing everything from candy corn cutaways to skeletons and all that sort of good stuff. So do you guys collect seasonal toys? Or do you, I know a lot of people like tend to keep them out year-round, but other people will tend to box them up and put them away. And what have you guys liked so far this season? Anything you bought? Teresa, go first. Uh, well, so... Um... Yes. So seasonal toys, um, you know, it's something I tend to avoid collecting because I'm, I'm kind of the person who likes to leave my toys out year round. And so for me, it's, it's hard for me to get seasonal toys just because I don't like the idea of boxing them up and bringing them back out, kind of like leaving my toys out all the time. So I tend to force myself to try not to buy them, but I did pick up your new, uh, release, Gary, the new mini whooper, the autumn one that just released the first one. You got it. Congrats. I heard it was hard to get. Yes. And, you know, George, I heard that you tried for it and missed out. Yeah, I I didn't pay attention to timing and I got there late and I didn't realize it was going to be very limited and uh, I missed it. (laughs) I'm bummed. There'll be more. There'll be more, just not in that colorway. I don't want any other one but that one. I like candy candy corn colored things. (laughs) It was candy corn colored and I'm done. Well, it's so that that is probably the only thing I've bought because I've seen other stuff. Like there was a um, a fluffy house set that came out that looked really cool. It's uh, two of their main characters, Mr. Cloud and Miss Rainbow, dressed in Halloween gear uh, and like a skeleton outfit and then like a pumpkin outfit with a pumpkin hat, but they glow in the dark. And okay. That was a really cool set, but I'm being good and I'm forcing myself to enjoy it through pictures. So yeah, the autumn whoopers it, but I don't know, George, do you like collecting seasonal stuff? Yeah, I tend to buy stuff just like the local stores, like the local grocery store usually has some kind of cool Halloween section. I'll check that out and Target always has a cool Halloween section. So I just buy like new skeletons every year, things like that. But we have uh, we have seasonal boxes. So like we do put Halloween decorations out and then put them away and then same with Christmas. So Halloween and Christmas we do buy specific things that come out only that time of year and then those go away so it's i don't mind buying a new like skeleton here and there that kind of thing that little whooper would have been put in a box anyway so i guess it's fine that i missed him no don't say that he has a place in my heart next to the tiny coast candy corn i couldn't get either tell you what if we if i learn that there's a safety stock i'll get you taken care of that's okay he's just going in a box 
<laughs> That's terrible. So do you do you you're mentioning a lot of candy corn stuff, George? Do you have a candy corn collection, like a shelf dedicated to it? I don't think I do candy corn per se, but I do just love like candy corn's my favorite Halloween candy, like Halloween time candy. So I and I just do like that colorway. I love the, the color scheme of the candy corn. So when toys are painted that way, I tend to gravitate towards them. Oh, that's time. No, screw it. And I'm gonna let George keep talking about candy corn. <laughs> I don't have a uh, I don't have a candy corn colored shelf. I don't think, but I wonder if I could go around and find enough that I have. But no, it's just I just like the colors and I like when things are painted that way. Is it safe to assume that you like to eat that nasty candy then? I do love candy corn. Fresh, a fresh bag of candy corn, not a stale bag of candy corn. Do you like that, like the, the darker colored one where it's like black as well? What they call fall corn it's or something? It's autumn candy corn. Autumn candy corn. I like corn? those as well. The ones I don't particularly care for are the big fat pumpkin ones. They're almost too thick to bite through for some reason. There's something different about the consistency. I like the thinness of the candy corn itself. I can agree with that. You know, I heard on a podcast that they have Fourth of July candy corn. Like oh yeah, red, white, yeah. Red, white, and blue ones. I don't know. That I've ever Are seen. you serious? Yeah, I've seen I've that. I've never seen that. And I guess they have Easter candy corns too, and I don't think I've ever seen those either. Mm. That's weird. I've actually, I've, I've never really looked for candy corn in other seasons, so maybe it's there. But yeah, me neither. I'm gonna have to start paying attention though. Interesting. Well, Gary, you didn't get to talk. Do you want to quickly talk about a uh, seasonal toy you collect or like? Yeah, I, I love Halloween. It's probably my second favorite season next to, to Christmas. And I love, you know, I, we do have seasonal stuff that we put out every year. We, you know, we put it out for a month or two and we pack it up and put it away for the year. And so, yeah, this season I bought several thing, Halloween-themed things over at uh, Target. They always have great de- decorations. But I also bought a Halloween Freddy Funko. He's like a vampire, so that was really cool. And there's another one that I'm picking up tomorrow. Are you guys familiar with Jeff Lamb? Yeah. And his uh, Greasebat character, well, he has something coming out tomorrow. It's a Halloween release of his Greasebat, which is another, that's another thing that I'm excited for. So anyone who's not familiar, Jeff Lamb designed a character called Greasebat and it's produced by Monster Warship. It was a very popular toy, always, always sold out. And uh, we haven't really seen anything from Monster Warship in, I feel like, a couple of years. So it's exciting that they're making a comeback w- with this release. And there is a Halloween colorway of the Grease Bat toy. But the thing that I really like is they did a Halloween vintage, like, paper cut uh, wall decor cutout. And it's fantastic. Jeff Lamb uh, did the illustration for it. And it's kind of like Grease Bat in a, a cool skeletal form. And it comes in a cellophane packing. And I love it. And it's only 10 bucks, And they said they're going to have a, just a limited amount on their online store tomorrow. So my Halloween will be ruined if I don't get that. I, I'll probably cry. It'll be... Either the best treat if I get it, or the worst trick of the season. I the love trick, that. Like my, like my whooper trick I had it's, today. Exactly. You got I tricks. know. So I know you flipped me that link because you were asking if I could potentially help with my fast purchasing fingers, and so I went and checked it out. And um, <laughs> it's obviously it's not necessarily something I'd want, but I have to say it has really cool packaging. I really like the header card style, how it's like um retro with like a retro type of price tag sticker Mm -hmm. that looks like it was actually printed from those sticker uh like guns you use at an actual store back in the day so i almost like i think the packaging on it's really cool i agree totally i agree with all of that oh yeah i'll i'll probably try and get one of those too i really like the look of that 
Okay. Competition. I know. But I got there's two of us. And there's only one George. <laughs> well, maybe I'll help George out too. No. I'll just have. I'll start feeling bad for him because he missed out on the mini whooper. Look, we, if, if all three it. of us try for one, one of us will get it, and then we'll give it to Gary. Oh, speaking of which, did any of you win a honey bear from the KFC campaign? No. Neither I did didn't. I. I got no emails, so probably no not. No emails. Oh, we're all losers. Ugh, it's so painful. Why did they not just sell them? I heard there was like 700 of them made, and like individually priced, they were about $45. Yeah, they totally could have sold those in the stores. I but wonder if they'll I hit just... eBay. Oh, I'm sure there's a bunch. I'm sure there are going to be a bunch up there for sure. All right, I should go ahead and start a safe search for KFC Honey Bear. Get those emails rolling in yeah. if one pops up. You know, guys, we're doing a terrible job at this mini so far. We need to keep moving. Yeah, sorry. So I just mentioned Jeff Lamb, so let's do this one next. Jeff Lamb's name was actually mentioned in a recent leak that we saw, and I believe it first was seen over on the Kid Robot Buy, Sell, Trade group on Facebook. And I do want to mention that Kid Robot is not involved with this group. It's a fan-ran page to buy, sell, and trade Kid Robot product. But one of the members over there leaked some images of watermarked images of a new Dunny series that's set to come out in March of next year. And you know what? The, the DesignerCon Dunny series, we haven't even seen full reveals of that yet. And that's set to release at DesignerCon in uh, three weeks now. So why are we seeing images of, of potential designs in a new Dunny series that are set to release in March, five months away? That just seems weird to me. And these images that were leaked or posted on the group were watermarked images as do not reproduce, do not share. These images definitely should not have been passed around. But... Since they have been, and we can say can say that the it's going to be a new series called Kaiju Battle Dunny series. It's set to be all American designers doing their version of Kaiju. So that's all we know, and so that Dunny series will be set to release in March. But so, how do you guys feel about this? Being collectors and artists and producers yourselves, how do you feel about very early leaks in general? Um, do you like them, or do you tend to not like them? Uh, I, I'm a, I'm not a fan of leaks. I actually hate leaks. Um, I don't like when things are spoiled for me. Uh, movie wise, I don't like I don't like to, to know about things too early because then I'm going to lose interest in it. Um, so if something's leaked that's not coming out till mid next year or even like what late first quarter next year, that's way too early. And especially like whoever's doing this kind of leaking where it says specifically on the picture, don't leak this, and then you leak it anyway, you're just you're a dick. I don't know if we're allowed to curse on our podcast. I don't remember, but <laughs> don't be that guy. Don't don't be the guy. Like it's it's okay to, to know about something and not share it with everyone in the world. I know that that's our culture now, but it's okay to just have the knowledge and and be okay owning the knowledge yourself. If you don't have to share this with everyone and don't have to ruin it for everybody, like especially with these dunnies, especially like the decon dunny series when the pictures came out that were leaked. There's stuff in there that is not correct. It's just it was done off like a you know a flat two D drawing image, and it's just like that's not what the thing is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And now people are judging this series based off this picture of bad not of bad information. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't really like what it does. I'm, I don't really I don't understand why people have to do that. It just doesn't make sense to me. Well, it, you you deal a lot with this in your own your personal industry too. What you do for your day job? You're working on that Captain Marvel outfit and. That movie doesn't come out for God knows how long, but there were pictures of what her costume looks like months ago. Yeah, there was there was a time, one point when they were they were shooting test stuff just to see because they you know they when they 
they do camera tests to make sure things look good. And they were doing camera tests and, and there was a, I guess they were outdoors or public somewhere. They were in a place where someone with like a telephoto lens could get a hold of it. And pictures came out the next day online and it was, we were still making the thing. Like they weren't, it wasn't a finished piece. And here's people online judging it based on these leaked images of them doing a camera test to see how it looked with like a certain aspect. So it's just like, I, I, I don't like that mentality. I don't like the, I don't like the idea that someone it's, it's that whole paparazzi mentality out here where it's like, it's, it's just gross. And, and that's, and to see that happen with Dunnies and toys, it's just like, just don't do it. Like there's, there's a point where the company will release images that they want out there. And that's when you share them. Be like, if you want to help promote it and share it, share it when they give you the right photo. Don't share it when you have a picture that's not supposed to be seen by anyone but you. And if you're the guy doing it, you should be kicked out of it. If it's found out that you're the one sharing, it's coming from your system, then you shouldn't be allowed to have those pictures anymore. Like you obviously can't be trusted. You're not a grown, you're not a grown ass adult who knows how to handle himself. You're, you're an idiot. That's what happens with other companies. They have to sign NDAs before like you like your industry. You get, you know, images from movies a year in advance and you sign an NDA that we will never disclose these images. And if you do, you pretty much lose that campaign or that project. You will never get another project from that company again. But for some reason in our, in our industry, it doesn't seem like people get punished. They might get asked to take down the images, but there's real no heavy repercussions of being the one that screwed up someone's release. It should be well, shameful enough that you don't do it. Like, it's wrong. I mean, just don't right. do it. Like, yeah. have pride no, they, in your own self. Right. No, they get a slap on the hand and that's it. Like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Bad. Don't do it again. Like, that's it. And I think... From my perspective, you know, as a collector, I, I, I mean, I like leaks. Like, I like, it's exciting for me when I'm scrolling through my feed and there's a reveal of a new toy coming. Like, that's exciting for me. I mean, you've we've talked about how I have toygasms and all that. Like, that's a thing for me. I've scrolled through my feed and I'm like, oh my God, that's awesome. Like, what is that? I've never seen that before. So, I mean, leaks for me are fun, but whether I see a leak of something three months in advance or a week isn't, it doesn't make a difference for me. I'm just excited to see new toys. So I think from an artist standpoint and a company standpoint, it's, it's not a good thing. I mean, it may be fun for collectors to be like, Oh my God, check out this awesome leak and discuss it and all that. That can be fun, but it can't be good for them. And, and for sales to see something six months in advance. I mean, by the time that thing comes out, it could be old news and people aren't as excited for it because they've already been talking about it and it's kind of done, you know, like I just can't imagine that's a good, a good thing from that standpoint. So as a collector, yeah, I like to see them, but I'm fine to not see them until I'm allowed to kind of a thing, you know? It's fun to see. And I get like where you're coming from as a collector. It's fun to see. But at the same time, we saw that whole, hold on one second. I got to throw the clock out the window. (laughs) But, um, but no, but it's a collector. It's fun to see, you know, the, just to see a leak. It's cool and it's fun, but it really does stifle a, a, something. When, when this happened with Arcane Divination, it happens. It seems to happen with a lot of kid robot releases, and somehow I think I don't, the worst one, and I and we talked about this a little bit, was that one that was the Fourth of July. Cronk, Cronk, yeah. And I mean, it has it literally has the Fourth of July date on the dunny. Yeah, it's in the image of the Dunny, and it came out in like March. March. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I no, I, I I absolutely remember all of this because yeah, it it, it was a big deal. It was we some people actually call it Cronkate because it was so like controversial. It just blew up 
on Facebook. And for anyone who's not familiar, George is right. It was uh, the Kronk 4th of July Dunny that was leaked really, really early, probably around March. And Kronk, the artist behind the Dunny, uh, was very unhappy. And he made that um, known on Facebook. And then the Toy Chronicle, the one who was the ones that posted it, they got destroyed. They got hammered. I mean, people were coming out there and giving them tons of grief for doing this. And um, But it was interesting because the images that were on Toy Chronicle, they were not watermarked. So I can see and understand how the Toy Chronicle thought maybe they were okay for sharing. Uh, but they later did end up taking them down after the comments and all that sort of stuff. But the images are out there. But after that whole Cronkate thing, I thought this that's it. People are never going to do leaks again. Like Everyone's learned their lesson. This was very public and very well-read. But here we are today, so crappy little images got released on the Kid Robot Facebook group, and I did some sleuthing. They came from a overseas retailer. I can't think of the name of the retailer, but the same crappy little images, and it was just images of the 2D art and the description of the series, I think. But no artist names or anything. But the next morning we wake up, and we see it's on SpankyStokes.com. And they're full-blown, like, large images. No longer those crappy little images on the Realtel site. And there's new images. There was images of the of what the case looks like, of what the box art looks like, and even some names on the box. And I found this interesting because Spanky was one of the people on that Facebook, that's, that Cronkate, leaving comments that were giving Gary Rosansky and the team over at Toy Chronicle grief for letting these out. And yet here Spanky is breaking protocol on this release with the watermarked images. They're watermarked. Obviously, they're not supposed to be shared. Right. And um, I feel bad because these are, these are sponsors, but we, we try not to be biased or um, take favorites on this on this podcast. So if there's one thing I know about the Toy Chronicle and Gary Rosgansi, he's going to have a field day with this. He's not going to let up. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, this is the first time I can think of where watermarked images went, like, really public. And actually, it's not true. DesignerCon did a couple weeks ago when they posted up some images on their Instagram account. <laughs> that, that was a watermarked image too, which was weird because like it's their own product. But they were, that was a permission thing. Like they were obviously allowed to promote yeah, that. They and were. And, and but, I think that, that could screw I, things up too, because obviously they have permission, but for some reason they still use the watermarked images. Like in that case, just contact Kid Robot and get, get an image without no. the watermark. That's all you have yeah, to do. That, that was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point, though, because, I mean, it makes it look like it's okay to promote that kind of stuff, which is not. Like, you shouldn't not, be promoting yeah. watermark stuff, right? And I think the difference between the Kronk Dunny and the Kaiju Dunny series is, while I get, like, I completely agree, especially from an artist's perspective, that could be, like, really piss you off. And it could be uncalled for. And I don't know the logistics behind it and the right permissions and all that. But at least the Toy Chronicle seem to have waited till they had non-watermarked photos to promote versus this this spanky one and actually go into their blog now it looks like the image has been pulled so maybe he got a slap on the hand but it, it, like the fact that he took clearly watermarked stuff and put it out there for public i just don't get it like <laughs> how how would you think that that's okay you know what though like there's blood on our hands too Teresa, because someone within our own Facebook group, took those images that were leaked and commented them into our Facebook group. And us as moderators, we should have deleted them. We could have deleted them, but we didn't. Uh, you know, we left them up there because, well, we just thought we, were, we, thought we were a private group. 
uh, but no harm. But now I look back at, yeah, we were the dicks too that, that kind of let these images get out because someone in our group may you know, not have been in the other the, the kid robot group and maybe they saw those images for the first time in our group. So, uh, you know, it's, it's on our hands too. But with the whole Spanky Stokes thing, um, you know, he did take it a little bit further and he's a little more public, but I thought... I thought maybe they were secretly sanctioned because Spanky seems very friendly with Kid Robot. He gets a lot of Kid Robot product to take photos of and, and stuff like that. So a little part of me thought that maybe he had like a secret permission to do so. And Kid Robot kind of let the probably the toy blog that they were closest to get the information out first. But then you just said that images were deleted. So that's obviously not the case. And he didn't obviously have Kid Robot blessing and you know, didn't have the permission to do so, but there's something going on at Kid Robot that these images are getting out, and they need to come down, just throw the hammer down at anyone who lets these things out, because they have to, as a company, you know, they send out these images really early to retailers for pre-orders or to fill wholesale orders and stuff like that, so these images are out there many, many months in advance, but they have to do something to strike fear in people from potentially sharing them with others, and right now, it's just not happening because these images are getting out. So I don't know if it's a monet- like a steep monetary fine or probably more than that, you prevent like a retailer from getting the next three releases from Kid Robot. I don't, I don't even know if the fine is that you just don't get images anymore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, You're done. You don't get them. You're out. <laughs> I mean, it's true, though. If they're not going to be hardcore about it, it's not going to stop. If you're if you're like, in this if you're in this business, treat it as a business. This isn't just like your little fun hobby. Like this is your business, and this is serious. Like sharing images that are not meant to be shared is not the right way to handle your business. Just do it right. Like don't be a dick. That's all there is to well, it. The the other thing too, though, like I'm surprised Kid Robot doesn't care more because. I mean, maybe it doesn't affect them directly. Maybe it's affecting more the the people buying stuff wholesale, like the retailers and such who sell their product. I don't know. But it, it's clear that it can hurt sales. So you'd think they'd take it more seriously. There's, you know, who's to say that they aren't? We don't, we don't know what's going on. For all we know, you know, people are punching, you know, their fists through the walls over there. We don't know. Well, and who's know? to say it's hurting sales, too? Like, does it? Or all press, good press? It's probably a little bit of both. If something's strong enough, it's going to sell. If something's not strong, maybe it will get hurt. Who knows? And timer. Let's move on. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was long. Let's uh, let's abide by the buzzer from now on. Let's be a little more focused. Yeah, because so far, so so yeah. far, not okay. so good. Right. <laughs> so let's take a sponsor break. So the sponsor of this mini-sode is... My Plastic Heart. And if you are in the New York City area, be sure to visit their snug and friendly store and meet the store mascot, Kiba the Dog. Otherwise, you can go to myplasticcart.com to shop their entire inventory. If you live in the States and spend $75 and more, use promo code Toy fam at checkout and you'll receive free shipping. Nice job, dude. Good job. High five. Good job. 
So let's move on to the next one. So the next topic, this is going to be about DesignerCon. It's just about 30 days away or just around the corner. And when Ben was on talking about DesignerCon, I told him or asked him that FYE was at Five Points Fest and are they going to be at DesignerCon? And he said no. He had actually not heard from them yet, but, you know, if they wanted to contact him, you know, he would definitely be interested. And uh, this week we learned that now that FYE is a sponsor of DesignerCon, and I believe they have like a double wide space at the, at the event, which is which is awesome. It sounds great. But at the same time, I think this is going to piss off a lot of people who weren't able to get booze because, you know, supposedly there's a four-year waiting list or 400 people on a waiting list. And then someone like FYE, who had not been in any contact or filled out any applications for a booth, all of a sudden has a double wide booth. So what do you guys think about FYE now being a sponsor and having a booth at DesignerCon? I don't know anything about them being able to get a spot or anything, but I know that as running a show, if you've got a sponsor, you're always going to need to find a spot for them. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> I think that's, that's what it is. That's what it probably. comes down to. If any one of these little guys that are complaining about not having a booth wants to pony up thousands of dollars to give them to, to get a spot, I'm sure that Ben will find you a booth. Um, yeah. I, I, I have no idea, I have no knowledge of what's happened with that. I don't know if they promoted with money or if they sponsored with money or if they're just doing promotion. I, I have nothing, I have no knowledge of any of that. I just know that if someone came to me and wanted to be a sponsor, I'd find them a space. For sure. Um, yeah. As far as who they are, as far like, I, as from what I've been hearing, like FYE seems to be stepping up as like a big player in this in this scene right now. Like they seem to be gathering uh, gathering artists and and gathering toys for their for their stores. I don't know where there's an FYE. I don't have any idea where that store exists, so it doesn't really affect me one way or the other. But somebody must be liking it. Yeah. Well, so there are some FYEs near me. So like in um, one of the malls near my house actually has an FYE in it. Um, it's been there forever. I think it started out as like the CD store and all that kind of stuff. But um, so I'm a little bit more in the loop, I guess, on what FYE is and, and how they've been expanding their into the designer toy scene. As far as my thoughts on them attending, you know, to be honest, when I heard that they were going to be at five points and also when we heard um, Josh and Miranda and, you know, the clutter folks kind of, you know, promoting five points and all of that. They seem to give a lot of love to FYE and kind of made me excited. But when we saw their attendance at five points, I won't lie. It was a little bit lackluster. Like when I went to their booth, I was kind of expecting more. I wasn't really seeing anything fresh or new. And so I was like, okay, like I've seen this stuff. And I think FYE tends like the way I'm seeing them step into the scene is with licensed stuff. So like the Ron English serial figures or right. Kill Cat or uh, like the SpongeBob Freeney set. Um, it's stuff that is recognizable out there. And I get that because FYE has become more pop culture and I see them trying to dip their toe in that way. They don't want to take the full leap. Doing stuff like originals probably doesn't make sense for them. But as someone who is heavily into the designer toy scene, when I see that kind of stuff, for me, a lot of it's stuff I've seen before. It's not fresh and new. So I, I'm hopeful, but I guess I'm after seeing them at five points, I'm not really sure like what to think. Cause I know in the designer con post on Instagram, it mentioned exclusives. So I'm kind of curious what they're going to be, but based on the history, I'm just expecting more licensed stuff. And I don't know if that's stuff that'll interest me. So I, I think it's good. I'm excited they'll be there. It can't hurt. And hopefully they'll slowly grow and be more for the scene. But for me right now, FYE isn't like a, a must-go-to kind of boot. 
Can I just say though, if FYE is in malls, then bringing our designer scene into malls is, is a good thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure right now it's just a test market for the license and on the fringe stuff like the Kill Cat and whatnot. But maybe eventually they'll get into doing more original stuff, kind of like what Hot Topic is doing with the Thimble Stump Hollow and that that kind of stuff. So I'm excited for it and looking forward to what they have going on in the future. I'm sure they have lots of projects in the works that we're not familiar with. But um, we were over timer, so let's move on to the next one. The next one is since we're talking about licensing, let's talk about how all the companies seem to be using the Nickelodeon license. It seems like everyone has their hands in Nickelodeon, doing a bunch of SpongeBob stuff, Unbox, Kid Robot, Pobber. I even think of a, a few other companies too. But who do you guys think is doing it best? Oh, good question. Well, so it, it, I do have to agree. It's like SpongeBob explosion, like handing them out. Like, here you go. You get a SpongeBob. You get a SpongeBob. Everybody <laughs> Everyone gets one. Yeah, it's crazy. I've not, I've never seen so much SpongeBob in my life in our scene. He's the new Mickey Mouse. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But for me, I mean, I've definitely seen a variety of it. The the company who's doing it best right now is Unbox, just because I'm seeing a lot of variety and I'm seeing, um, I think, a really good designer toy artist spin on it. So, I mean, I've seen, I like, everything from Uamu to Molly to Breadcats, like, cutified versions of SpongeBob. Then I've also seen some more on the other side, like, Dahara just released one for Taipei Toy Festival. And there was that Sponge Brain one where it was, like, the bulging eyes. So, it, it seems like they're offering it up to a variety of artist types and kind of letting them play with it. And so, I've seen a gamut. Of, of, of styles so unbox would probably be my pick but i do i do have to say i'll give kid robot props they've done some stuff in the past with nickelodeon spongebob that i really did not like uh it was just really weird character shapes like trying to fit with current molds and it was just weird but they just released a 20 years of spongebob blind box set and i have to say i think it was really well done the the character um, molds look new it's not like trying to match to existing kid robot styles um, and it's all these different SpongeBob's that came out throughout the show. Uh, so if you've watched it, you get that. So props to them for that series because I think they actually executed that one well. I agree, totally right. I think those are great. I have zero SpongeBob feelings. <laughs> Just, well, I, I, I was, I think I was too old when that show started, and it, I've missed it completely. I don't care about SpongeBob one bit. Well, can, can you think of one that maybe you've liked though? That maybe I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I I, ha- I bought one SpongeBob like probably six years ago, and it was that uh, I think it was is it Secret Base that did it with Toy Art Gallery? Yes, the clear and it one. It was like it was half a it was half SpongeBob painted and then half clear Japanese vinyl. Right. And then right. inside was the skeletal structure of SpongeBob. Surprise, yep. surprise, shocking. But it was six <laughs> years ago before that was done to death. But luckily, I sold it probably four years ago, so I don't even have that anymore. So I don't I don't have a single SpongeBob toy. I don't think. Isn't it funny how that that design was like really fresh back in the day, and now it just kind of almost old news. It's very freeny like, like everyone's oh, it's so doing boring. Something. I'm so tired of skeletons, half skeletons. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want a half. I don't want anything with a half a skeleton ever again, or even a quarter skeleton. Well, wait, really, really quick. I know we keep going over the timer, but I do have to say that the one trend I absolutely hate 
it, so Popper's been doing some SpongeBob stuff as well, and they did a sponge grenade that was kind of cool, like yeah. a grenade shaped okay. like SpongeBob. Yeah. But they just revealed this one that is, ugh, it is called SpongeBalls, and it's SpongeBob shape, but instead of his eyeballs being on his head, they're in his crotch as like you know his balls. His ball. Yeah. And and his I nose just, is down there too, so his nose is his yeah, penis. Like, people really like that. Like people want that on their shelf. They did one was, similar like that. This is like the second version. Didn't someone do that with right? Homer Simpson already? Uh, Bart. Bart Simpson. Okay. Oh, Bart. So, yeah, they're just continuing that line. It's Someone out there is buying it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be making the second one. Look, I'm a fan of penis toys, and those look stupid to me. <laughs> I wouldn't buy those. Uh, anyway, I just I had to, I had to get that off. I, I'm sorry. We're being terrible. Moving and on. I'm, all right. I'm not. Hey, I'm not trying to be negative on skeletons and skulls and stuff. I love all that stuff. I just don't need a half of it. You know what's funny though, George? So I have a coworker. He he does not pay attention to any of this sort of stuff. And uh, a couple months ago, it was Easter. He was going through his feed, and he saw the Jason Freeney dissected Easter Bunny chocolate candy. And he flipped out. He thought that was the coolest thing ever. Like, so it was a completely new concept to him. Like, he's not bored of it already, and he loved it. To people out there, this is going to be new to them, and it's still very cool to them. But I think most of us are tired of seeing it already. Yeah, I mean, look, it's been six years since that SpongeBob came out. I get it. Yeah, yeah. People know that there's a half a skeleton in something. That's a good point, I, though. It's still cool. I'm sure it's still great. It's fine. I shouldn't be downing it. Like. People, people love skeletons, so just go for it. We're hungry. Well, we, we haven't eaten yet, so George and I are getting more grouchy as this goes on. Y'all are getting hangry. But <laughs> I, I think the one the one good point you make, Gary, is that when you think about like the Freeney SpongeBob series I did with FYE, and the fact like we just talked about FYE and them trying to bring new people in. So yeah. if there are people like your coworker out there who don't know and come in a store and like SpongeBob and like the idea of that, I mean, that could really appeal to them. Oh, so maybe... Sure. Uh, I could see that. Like, it's not for me, but maybe it, it is for those people that we're trying to bring in. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. So this is, we're going to play off of the license on this one as well. You guys are familiar with Cause. He did the BFF toy and the plush that looked like Elmo, and it kind of looked like his companion. But now he comes out with another plush release, and this time it's Bert and Ernie. But Ooh, can looked, I guess? Does it have X's on its eyes? It does! <laughs> But what's different is this time, unlike the BFF, it at least kind of looks like the companion. You can see a little more effort by cause. But this time, George, it's really just a Burton Ernie, like a standard generic base Burton Ernie plush with X's for eyes. How do we feel about that? I think it's extremely lazy. I, I like the fact that cause is not to a point where he says, uh, all I need to do is put X's for eyes and it's now a cause piece. Like seriously, like I get that that is his signature thing or whatever. And honestly, like I'll say, maybe I'm biased. I'm not a cause fan. So put that out there, but fan or not to me, it's not even art anymore. Like you have literally taken Bert and Orny and just put X's in the eyes instead of eyeballs. Like, how is that art? And, and I think the thing that sucks even more is that it's probably still going to sell just because it has cause name on it. Just like Apple products, like people become Apple fanboys. They don't even care. It's just the name. Like we don't even have to innovate anymore. Like, hey, it's cause and it's got X's, so I'm going to buy it. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm not a fan. <laughs> you know how before we were talking about dialing things in or phoning it in? This is what this is. This is an exact example of that where you just say, 
eh, I'm a big artist already. All I have to do is just slap on my X's for eyes and that shit will sell. And that's kind of what this release feels to me. How do you feel about it, George? I'm going to tell a little story and I don't care if I get buzzed. All right, so <laughs> you know how, how Cause did that whole Uniqlo Sesame Street line of clothes? Yes, yep. Yeah. Uh, I did not get any, but Ben bought me an Oscar the Grouch shirt. So I was I have the Oscar the Grouch Cause Uniqlo shirt. I was wearing it like two days ago. <laughs> I, and I went to the restroom and I passed myself in the mirror <laughs> and I stopped and I looked at myself and I looked at that shirt and I was disgusted with it. Like I hated myself for wearing it. I hated the shirt. I hate the look of it. I hate it. Like it's literally just a Sesame Street drawing with X's for eyes and I hate it. And I don't, I'll never wear that shirt again. Like I, I hate it so much. And I hate these stupid fraternities. <laughs> With their stupid X eyes, it's not. It, it's you've done nothing. You've done nothing. Yeah. Like your whole career has gotten you to the point where you now do nothing. Congratulations. It's, I think it's hilarious. You know, you probably could like flip that shirt <laughs> for good money. I don't think so it's a pretty generic release. I don't think there was anything. My mom. Back when I was in middle school, there was this thing where Warner Brothers was doing like almost gangster style Bugs Bunny and Taz. And so my mom bought me the shirt of basically him like like as a B-boy crossing his arms. And I remember those. I think as I had a, a Tasmanian devil. Yeah. Even as a middle schooler, I knew that shit was dumb and I never wore that shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. It's just to me, it's lazy. I, at least with the BFFs. Like, I think they were they were Elmo-inspired, right? He didn't just take Elmo and slap X's on the eyes. He had more of his look and feel. So, yeah. These aren't even... I'm going over time. These aren't even lazy. These are nothing. Like, it's... <laughs> they're nothing. They're just bad Sesame Street plush with X's over the... Like, felt X's over the eyes. They're nothing. Yeah. Like, anyone who's buying this is stupid. <laughs> You have to That's going to be the title of this week. Anyone who's buying this is stupid. The funny thing is, I could probably go find a vintage or current, like, go find Bert and Ernie plush and literally, like, pull, like create this. Go p- pull out the, uh, you know, eyes that are on there and just slap on a felt circle with, like, fabric paint X's. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, of course you could. All right, let's move on. Next topic. Next. It's bad. All right, so next up is Taipei Toy Fest. That's like a big convention in Asia that's going on right now. By the time you're listening to this, it was the past weekend. This is the convention that we hear from a lot of people that would tell us this is, if you're going to see go to one toy convention in Asia, this is the one to go to. Recently, Dan of Unbox told us that, and we've heard it from other people as well. So if you've been on your social feeds, I'm sure you've seen something from someone about this. Tons of exclusives, lots of... uh, companies and artists are there so what have you guys seen what would you be dying to get and as a spectator or just an onlooker we've never been what's your overall impression of type toy festival yeah um so definitely i think it's one of those events that's hard to avoid whether you mean to or not you're gonna i've been seeing tons of taipei taipei toy fest hard to say i know right Taipei Toy Festival um, news and reveals come through my feed. So um, definitely unavoidable. I know it's really hard for us to cover it, but I think Toy Chronicle has been over there. Someone's over there, and I think it's Andy getting some video coverage and stuff. So I was able to watch some of that on Facebook. And I have to say, it's it's nuts to me 
how many people are there. I mean, we think Decon is big. I know that's like our one big one, but I'll tell you the the queue lines and crowds is just a whole other thing. And I think the other thing that's very different about Taipei Toy Fest is that it almost seems like you're going to be standing in a queue line for hours for a thing, or you're entering stuff by lottery and trying to have a chance to stuff. I don't like a chance to buy stuff. I don't know how many things you can actually just walk up and buy. And maybe it's just hard for me to judge that. But it just seems like a whole very different model. Yeah. Um, I mean, Teresa, so I I've seen know. the same videos you have, and I'll absolutely agree. The lines and the queuing and the crowds look insane. Like these events, like Beijing Toy Show and, and this one, they just don't seem casual to me. It seems like you're standing in line and queuing. Like, like you said, you can't just walk up and buy a toy. And for that reason, like I'm almost less interested in wanting to go out as a collector to one of these conventions. Right. I know we constantly are like, oh my gosh, one day it'd be awesome to get over there. It's kind of like a dreamless thing. But the more we kind of hear and look into it, I almost wonder if we'd be really unhappy. If it would just be both too overwhelming and also disappointing because we'd go over wanting to buy all these things and not really have a chance to do so. Or it'd be the luck of the draw. But um, as far as releases and news and stuff we've seen, Obviously, there's no way we could cover everything. Um, for me personally, what's always exciting is to see new stuff. The, I'll say, I guess I'll talk to one thing that was really exciting. Um, there is an artist called Yo-Yo. She did uh, the Yoki the Bat. She had to kind of put a halt on that figure due to a bunch of copyright and stuff. So I was kind of worried we wouldn't see stuff from her for a while. But she ended up collaborating with Unbox and is working on a new figure called Rabby. Um, and it's a really, really cute, fluffy bunny. You can go out and check out. Uh... Oh, screw it. We're going to keep going. Uh... <laughs> but you can go out and see it on um, the Unbox Instagram page or Icy White Yo-Yo. Um, so that is exciting for me. And I'm hoping there'll be possibly a way to buy it online or maybe at Decon. So I have been talking too much. Gary, what have you seen? Uh, yeah, there's been a few things I like. Tossing Long and How to Work, they've done some fun collaborations and some definitely things that I would like to pick up if I could, but I have a feeling they're all going to be gone. But another one is David Horvath of Ugly Dolls. He's doing some new Sofubi toys made in Japan, and they're pretty cool. They're, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so they're unpainted toys. They're about, they're about finger puppet size, probably about two inches, uh, hollow bottoms. And what I like about them, they're... Slightly off model from what I know about Horvath's designs, and his the characters are Bossy Bear, Bossy Bear's friend Turtle, and his wife Summon Kim's character Spider Room. And like I said, they're kind of slightly off model, like a little less sophisticated looking than his other stuff. So it gives me that knockoff look. But yeah, I would totally pick those up. Hopefully, they'll be at Decon. Yeah, I saw those too, Gary, and I think they're absolutely adorable. I don't care if they're meant to look bootlegged or not. I look at them and I just think they're cute and awesome and I want them. So um, right now he's kind of doing this sort of almost primary color scheme, blue, pink, and yellow. And then he's also been doing some of the larger figures too. So like Ice Bat's getting a redo. And um, I'm, I don't know what else the names of some of these characters are, but I it's like all of a sudden he went from – not hearing anything at all, like all this awesome stuff. There's Pez that are coming out, so yeah, the Pez look awesome, and that's a big land, and that's that's huge. I mean, Ugly Dolls is huge though, because you know they got that movie coming out in May of next year, which is she's now only seven months away now. So yeah, I mean, some of the stuff could be gearing up for that release. Do you think that the new shapes 
that the Sofubi are in are because they're the new shapes being used for the movie? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I, I actually, I believe I've seen 3D renders of the Ugly Dolls for the movie. And from what I know about Ugly Dolls, it seems like they're very much on model from what we were very familiar with. So I don't think that's the case at all. But I know David Horvath, he's just a big toy collector, just a big toy nerd himself. So, and I believe he has an affliction for collecting like the, the knockoff kind of looking stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if he designed it specifically to kind of have a off model look, but he's also doing this in Japan. And we've always heard that there's certain limitations. So maybe that's because of the limitations of the process he's used as well. Yeah, I, I don't know whether they're whether they're intended to be like that or not. I I just like them. Yeah, like, I just think they're fun. George, do you even know? Have you do you even know TTF? Have you seen any news for that? You know what? It's it's funny. Like I haven't really paid attention to any of the stuff that I've been looking at. Like what's been like where it's for or whatever. You know, I don't really. I generally don't read the things as I scroll by. I just look at pretty pictures. Um. <laughs> But I did stop on the uh, James Groman posted a picture, um, and it was oh, that Kaiju the Kaiju Killer, Killer Paint Master. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Over there, that thing. I, I'm sure I'll never own one because I'm sure it's way out of my price range. But man, that piece is stunning. Like that's not. There's no word to even describe how amazing this thing looks. Like it looks like an illustration brought to life. Totally. It's incredible. Like the sculpting, the paint, like everything about this piece is perfect. Like I, I don't even know. Like I don't even have words to describe this. So if you haven't seen it, look up Jay Groman sixty on Instagram because the picture. I mean, you can't even look at it. It's so big with that sword in its hand. Like you, it, you <laughs> yeah. barely even see the picture. Yeah. Like this thing is incredible. Like I, it's 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 probably going to be one of those pieces that I'll always wish I owned. But, Probably we need to never. get that guy back on. He's one of my favorite people. He's just so damn nice. It's been a long. Oh, we've gosh. only had him on the one time. I'd love to talk to James again. Yeah, I mean, this yes. thing, he, you need to talk about this because that's this, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah, I'll reach out. I'll and try to get him. I'll try to get him. Soon. It, it, it's ridiculous. I don't even know if you know George. There's a bunch of interchangeable pieces. Like the, I think there's a version with the head with the mouth open, and like that shoulder piece can be removed. And I don't know. It's it's flipping insane. Like you'd think after the King corpse, you're like, okay, he's like, you can't top that. But you look at this freaking Kaiju killer and you're like, holy shit. Like that you know, is funny, like King corpse was cool. Like, it, you know, I, I liked it. I think the sculpting's amazing. And like the colorways have been pretty cool, but like, I've never wanted one. It doesn't really appeal to me, mm-hmm. but this thing, it's just incredible. I don't know. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the theme of it more than the giant monkey okay. with a half skeleton. Yeah, the the paint job is ridiculous. Like it's such such high quality. It's probably going to retail for no less than five hundred bucks. Yeah, and that's why I'll never have one. But it's amazing <laughs> nonetheless. I'll still love to look at it in pictures. Yeah, yeah. We should we should get him back on for sure. It'd be fun to talk to him about the process of making this and just painting it. How the freak. Like how does I that know, even happen? I know it's, it's so ridiculous, <laughs> insane. But guys, we're at, we're over forty eight minutes now, so this is not, almost not a minute anymore. So well, how about we wrap it up? I know we have other topics, Teresa, but we can save them for next week. Can I? <laughs> okay. End it. End it. End it. You don't want to squeeze in the super plastic? Keep econ? it short. We can do it next we episode. Enough about super plastic. Yeah. <laughs> we can do it next. They episode. haven't even put anything out yet. Super Plastic doesn't get another mention until they release something. Not just sell it, but actually deliver something. 
I, I, I kind of, of agree with that. Yeah, I'll, I'll sell you stuff, stuff all year long if you want to keep giving me money for nothing. It's true. The only thing we were gonna we were gonna talk about is why they're not coming to Designer Con. Because they have no products. They've never made anything yet. They don't deserve to go to Designer Con. They don't deserve to go anywhere until you've released something. You're a nothing. You're a no company. You're nothing yet. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, Gary. I think I need to eat dinner. Yeah, George is is very. Yeah, I'm getting hungry too. Let's wrap this up. So uh, let's each take a brief moment and let people know where they can find us. Teresa, go first. Sure. If y'all want to find me, check me out on Instagram. My username is tmhawk24. George, I am at double g toys on Instagram and also at dxgx pins. If you'd like to look at pins I'm making for other people, and if you want to get pins made, please contact me through there. He knows his pins, people. And can I say, George? Gary was very good about promoting your pins when you couldn't do your outro. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, I am Gary Ham. You can find me at Gary Ham on Instagram or superham.com. This has been the Marsham Toy Hour. We'll be back next week. So until our next transmission. We're signing off. We're signing off. Bye. Bye. Wait a minute. I I spaced and totally forgot to say stuff. Because I didn't didn't allow you. (laughs) Yeah, you're supposed to let me say... This is the Marsham Toy Hour. We do this every week, not because we have to. But because we want to. (laughs) And cut. (laughs) 